0: The market sell-off continues. Is e-commerce platform Chewy a buy? And let's take a look at L3Harris Technologies. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. My, oh, my. What a crazy day in the markets. What a crazy day. Past few days in the markets, and it's only Wednesday. We still got Thursday and Friday to go um, this week in the markets, and consistent selling continues. Um, unfortunately, the Dow even finishing negative. If we take a look at the indexes, the Dow Jones finishing down three points, pretty much flat. The NASDAQ down 265 points, 2.01%. SP 500 down 21 points. Rust 2K down 51 points, a 2.35% decline in the Rust 2K. But the back up over 20 at twenty one twenty. um currently up today 4.43 percent now taking a look at yields because they are more important now the market is somewhat correlated to them the U.S. 10-year treasury yield uh, moving down once again to 1.61 percent down 0.021 percent looks like a little pullback off the highs there in the U.S. 10-year treasury of 1.74 percent so what What's the overall market thinking in the day? Well, it's quite hard to tell, but if we take a look at the one-day relative performance by sector, we see that energy led the way up 2.03% uh, percent compared to the next closest uh, sector was the industrials up 0.29%. Um, then basic materials up 0.22%. Utilities then started to sell off as well, down 0.3%. Financials down 0.15% and so on, all the way down to consumer fiscal, uh down 2.61%. And overall technology um, and a lot of those high flying tech names leading the way to the downside especially in the NASDAQ which is odd to see in my personal opinion a lot of selling across the board if you actually took a take a look sector by sector here in the market in the past week alone utilities are the only green sector every other sector is red and selling off um, the next closest or the next safest uh, on the one week relative performance sector by sector is consumer defensive um, you know and that's really not surprising to me. It seems we're getting a more of a broader correction in the markets now, possibly the start of one in the Nasda- uh, in the Dow Jones. It's hard to tell what's exactly happening here. I think the market's a bit confused, and I've made this point on Twitter. There is a lot for this market to price in, a lot for this market to get through right now and think about. Um, for instance, right now, the economy is recovering, but at the same time, COVID numbers are apparently going up somewhat in Europe. Uh, what we are also seeing is the risk of higher taxes out of the Biden administration. Another stimulus that would likely cause even, uh, you know, uh, it would accelerate inflation. Uh, And then we have these inflation fears. So we have a lot of fears and we have a lot of positives um, all at once. And really what that gets you is just a giant bowl of craziness and confused investors. Um, And right now it's very difficult to say where exactly the market is going Um, And, you know, some people are saying that the market is a no man's land. In fact, some are Um, a a few big traders coming out and saying, you know, the market's kind of a no man's land. And I agree with them. One of them was actually quoted in no man's land. So I'm not really surprised by that um, whatsoever. If you really take a look at the markets right now, they're right. The market somewhat is in no man's land. What's the next upside catalyst for the market in the next six to twelve months? It's hard to tell, besides an economic recovery. That's about it. Um, and if we get higher taxes while we're recovering, and if we get you know worsening inflation, um, really where does that lead the market? Does that cancel out the positives of the recovery? It's hard to tell. Um, and that is why I'm positioning in those names that are more inflation friendly. But once again, I like that barbell approach where on one side you have you know your syscles, um, you have your names that are going to do quite well. And then uh, in higher inflationary scenarios that grow with the economy. And then on the other side, you're going to have those names, those tech names, those growthier names that do very well in these new technology markets that are growing rapidly, seeing, you know, returns of 103% year over year on revenues, those those kinds of things. Um, So I would go personally, I'm trying to position my portfolio Almost to the point where it's 50-50, one side very much growth and the other side very much inflation uh, friendly, heavier, bigger names, iconic names that are going to weather the storm in any economic situation. That's what I'm looking for, especially in an economic recovery where travel is increased. So that is really what I'm targeting on one side of the market while the other I'm targeting that growth that is selling off, buying that growth on the downside. For instance, the semiconductors absolutely taking a beating today. I would be buying the semiconductors here. In fact, I might add to my AMD position um, in a few others, possibly Qualcomm down 4%. I really do like the semiconductors and I think the shortage is short term now let's shift in to the biggest analyst calls of the day and we didn't really get much but we did get a few um taking a look uh troost upgrading zscaler to a buy from a hold we broke this one down not too long ago um and i do like the company i think it's a solid growth company um and at the end of the day people have to pay attention. You know, you have to recognize that this is a growth name. So it's going to go um, and it's going to follow those growth names in the sell-offs and in the booms. So what I really like here is that Zscaler is currently way off the size of 226 all the way down to 175. Um, But besides that, Besides the fact that it is a solid company, they are seeing growth. I definitely do think you have to be careful. Um, And if this stock continues to fall, I think you can start to buy it. It looks like to me, um, it's attempting to break down through a previous support level or a support level that is tested several times. If it breaks down through the support right around the 170s range, mid 170s, um, I think it could drop down to the 150 range. And I think it would be a solid place to buy there. Now taking a look at a solid name, a name that would probably do well um, um, in most economic scenarios, and that is FedEx. FedEx is a solid company. They got uh, named a top pick by Barclays today, and I agree with this call. Uh, they were green the day while the market went red, and if you take a look, still way off their highs of 301 bucks a share, currently at 268 It seems to be rebounding off of its pullback low, um, which was roughly 235 so solid stuff there. Price to earnings on it, 23.76 times. Valuation is really not too bad here. They have a solid dividend. I like it. I think you can buy FedEx. Now, uh, shifting down all the way to a name that really hasn't been talked about much, but is starting to get back in the headlines because of a few comments by the CEO. Bear named Intel a fresh pick. I don't like Intel, I'll be honest. Um, And here's why I don't like Intel. First off, Intel, they've cut guidance throughout the past year, throughout the past year, year, Uh, even maybe even two years, they haven't been doing the best in throughout this whole time. Even now, um, you know, they're saying, yeah, we're probably not going to do the best, but in four years, we're going to do well. Um, I don't like that. I want companies that are doing well now and are going to do even better in four years. Um, so what do I see here? You know, could Intel be a great company once again, could it be on top of the semiconductor world in five years? It could be, it could be, I really don't think it will be, but it could be, um, But, you know, we are in the strongest PC market that I think we've ever seen. Um, And when it comes down to we're in, you know, Intel's strongest market, this is the time when the market's been the strongest and Intel's cutting guidance, that's not a good sign to me. Um, And I personally am not a huge fan of Intel. But what would I be buying right now in the semiconductor space? I just said it. AMD, NVIDIA, Taiwan Semi, Qualcomm, and Marvell Technologies. I like all of them. Um, But Intel, uh, yeah, it kind of ranks low on my list don't really agree with that fresh pick name by Baird. Now, Wedbush added Wendy's to the best ideas list. I 100% agree with this call. I think as people in, in the country reopens, um, I think you're going to see a lot more traveling. And if you get a lot more traveling, especially um, via auto vehicle, uh, you are going to see um, a lot of business coming through Wendy's, a pent up in demand. So I like it. Now, let's shift into the two individual names that we're going to talk about today, and the first one is Chewy. It's one of those growth names. It's one of those e-commerce platforms of the future, and I really do like Chewy, actually. A lot of people like Chewy. I like Chewy. This name's way off of ties. We just broke it down. It was all the way up at $118 bucks a share. Now, it's at 79 If you want to read the full breakdown with the technical breakdown, um, go to runningwiththemoney.com, but sifting through Chewy here, Chewy, ticker sign C-H-W-Y, is a major e-commerce company that operates an online platform and application selling pet foods and supplies. Now, yeah, could you go to Amazon and buy your pet stuff? Probably. Um, but why not go to a platform that puts it right in front of you, makes it easy, makes it simple. Um, and, you know, I re- that's part of the reason I like um, Chewy here is because it's a one shop stop uh, online in the e-commerce world for anything pet. Now, uh, given retail's shift into digital, Chewy experienced a major boost from the COVID-19 pandemic, in turn, pushing the stock up greater than 160 percent in just the past year, but the NASDAQ started to sell off just a few weeks ago, as we all know. And that led the stock down over 20%. And now, we're sitting at 79 bucks a share. We're sitting way off the highs of 118 And investors are wondering, is this thing a buy? And, well, I think it could be if you're investing for the long term. Now, digging into the numbers, Chewy beat Q3 expectations with an EPS of $0.08. Better than the analyst EPS consensus estimate of $0.13. So, on a year-over-year basis, EPS improved 60%. Solid stuff there. Now, as for sales, Chewy did you know they delivered decent revenues one point seven eight billion dollars in net sales, uh, representing a forty four point nine percent increase on a year over year basis. Furthermore, net sales per active customer jumped by two point eight percent per year, year over year, as well to three hundred and sixty three bucks per active customer. I like it. Now, when it comes to customer count, Chewy, I mean, I don't think you can argue with these numbers. I don't think you can call these numbers bad in any way. These are fantastic numbers. Chewy reported a strong 17.8 million active customer count, and that's a 39.8% jump in the amount of active customers. Love it. Now, shifting in the margins, Chewy reported a gross margin of 25.5%, representing a 180 basis point jump in gross margins from Q3 of 2019. Now, now. Not only that, but leadership also reported a net margin of a 1.8%, and that's a 480 basis point increase off of the Q3 2019 level. So overall, gross margin up, net margin up. I like it. Now, while the numbers were solid, you know, chewy, uh, they did continue to run a loss of $32.8 million, but the loss was considerably smaller than the Q3 2019 loss of $79 million. So really not too bad there when it comes to loss. I don't like the fact that they're running a loss, but most of these high-flying, uh, big e-commerce expanding fast. Uh, names uh, do run a loss for quite a while um, and it's nice to see that they are drastically improving when it comes to net loss and I think that's only going to improve as the company grows. Now as for EBDA um, and by the way, EBDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation and amortization for those of you who did not know. True reported an adjusted EBDA of $5.5 million representing a strong 118.2% increase in EBITDA year over year now on a final note IBDA note on a final EBDA note uh, the adjusted EBDA margin for q3 2020 totaled 0.3 percent representing a 280 basis point increase year over year now rounding out the quarter two reported net cash provided by operating activities of that totaled 63.4 percent great stuff there representing a huge jump from the minimal q3 uh, 2019 level of 1.6 million dollars. So a lot more cash was generated through operating activities um, than previously, uh, you know, in many years prior to this quarter. So I really do like the fact that the earnings overall solid. They do still have a loss to get worked out, but I think management will. Management is excellent. Um, now, shifting into the balance sheet, there could be some work. I did like the fact that they don't have any debt on the balance sheet, but their liabilities, $1.7 billion and their assets, $1.643 billion. I don't like that. Now, cash and short term investments totaled $506 million. So, overall, what do I think about this balance sheet? It needs work. I'd like to see those assets much higher and above those liabilities. So, definitely something for Chewy to work on. Now, on a valuation basis, trading at a price to sales right around 5.15 times, not terrible. And leadership could be a little more effective. You know, they have a return on assets. Assets a negative 13.95% and a return on invested capital of negative 203.16%. So they definitely have work to do. Chewy has work to do, but they're a newer company. It's not like they've been around 10 years. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, I do think in the long term, uh, management is going to make this company even better, even stronger, um, improve the issues uh, that I'm currently seeing. And I do think this is an opportunity to go long on Chewy. Now, what are the analysts thinking about it? Let's get a little sediment. So right now, the analysts are quite bullish. They have a mean price target at 98 bucks a share. That's representing over a 15% gain now. The high price target, $121 a share, and the low price target, $75 per share. So not bad there at all. Overall, the sentiment is bullish. Now, the big money, it's quite involved. 82% of Chewy is owned by institutions. Top holders include Argos Holdings, Morgan Stanley Investment Management, and Bailey Gifford & Co. Now, in short, Chewy... Ticker sign CHWI. If you want to go check it out, is a solid company with expanding sales and a growing customer base, but still has issues to work out overall. I've told you, solid company for the long term, especially in the e-commerce space. Definitely one to keep your eye on if you want to cash in on the e-commerce boom, which is only going to continue. Still, e-commerce hardly makes up overall retail sales, and I think e-commerce is only going to grow throughout the next 10 and 20 years. Now, L3Harris Technologies. Let's talk about this name, a aerospace and defense name that a lot of people are liking. A lot of people are liking. Um, and I think You know, they're right for liking it. Now, it has a solid dividend, a dollar. It's a 2.06% yield on that Divi. Um, And then the market cap is $40.3 billion. Now, L3Harris Technologies, ticker sign LHX, is a major aerospace and defense technologies company that provides customers with systems, services, and products for commercial and civil government applications. Now, key business segments in L3Harris Technologies include communication systems, space and intelligence systems, and electronics systems. Now, in recent months, L3Harris stock has been mostly flat. It's true, but the aerospace names have been mostly flat um, for quite a while here, and maybe we're just starting to see some inflows into these names. Now, um, taking a look at the past few months alone, the stock has actually increased 6.54% in the past three months. Um, now, shifting into the numbers, we're going to shift into those numbers. l Harris beat expectations for Q4, delivering a $3.14 EPS, which was much better than the analyst EPS consensus estimate of $3.09. Not bad there. Solid EPS. Solid EPS growth. Now, as for revenues, L3 Harris reported a Q4 2020 revenues level of $4.7 billion, and that's down 3.6%. Um, and, you know, management did attribute some of these declines that we're about to go over due to COVID-19, um, mostly uh, all COVID-19 related. Nothing fundamental about the company um, caused these issues. Now, there wasn't a drastic um, issue at the company. COVID-19 caused many of these issues. Now, breaking down revenue by segment, integrated mission systems turned out revenues of 1.4 billion that's down 0.1% but on the other hand integrated mission systems uh, that segment experienced a decline as well uh, in you know can't really do anything about that, Uh, but the space and airborne systems segment turned out revenues $1.256 billion, representing a 4.3% jump. Finally, communication systems revenues totaled $1.143 billion, that's up 2.1%. In the aviation systems segment, unfortunately, turned out revenues $845 million, which is still solid, but it's down 22% year over year. So there were some declines in there due to COVID-19. Now, net income declined by 54% in the quarter uh, to $184 million, with net income margin dropping to 3.90% from 8.3%. Now, rounding out the quarter, management reported a Q4 operating cash flow of $698 million and an adjusted free cash flow of $642 million. Now, shifting into the full year, L3 Harris reported revenues of $18.2 billion, and this is where it gets good. That's up 42% year over year for FY 2020. Now, as for net income, the leadership team at L3 Harris reported a full year 2020, net income of $1.086 billion, and that represents a 19% drop, unfortunately, in net income, rounding out income on the full year, net income margin totaled 6%, and that's down from 10.5% in FY 2019. So overall, earnings, they weren't terrible, but they weren't spectacular by any means. Um, And most of these issues, all of these issues um, attributed to COVID-19 setbacks, uh, mostly all COVID-19 related setbacks. So when COVID-19 is gone, I think L3 Harris is going to see even further growth. And the fact that they continue to grow on a year-over-year basis on the full year revenues by 42% impresses me, especially with all those COVID-19 issues, shows to me that the management team is quite strong. Um, and I do think just on an earnings basis that L3 Harris is solid. Now, shifting into the balance sheet, um, you know, the balances weren't bad. Total debt, $6.918 billion. Total liabilities $16.236 billion. Total assets, $36.960 billion in a cash short-term investments level of $1.276 bucks. Now, on a valuation basis, yeah, it does trade at a premium. A price to earnings of 38 times. A, pre- a forward price to earnings of 13.5 times. A forward price to sale, not not a forward, a price to sales of 2.24 times. A price to book of 1.99 times and a price to cash flow of 22.66 times. So overall, um, you know, the valuation is not terrible, especially when you compare it to some of these other high-flying names out there but at the end of the day, um, uh, price-to-earnings right around 38 times has become quite common in my opinion. A lot of names I look at are trading right in the price-to-earnings range uh, right now of 30 to 40 times, maybe just a bit below 30, but not many of them. Um, it's very hard, in my opinion, to find a strong company at a valuation that's you know quite fair uh, at the current moment in this market. Now, management has been effective with a return on equity of 5.18%, return on assets of 2.89%, and return on invested capital of 3.26%. Uh, now, given the numbers, the analysts are bullish with a mean price target at $215.13 per share, and that's roughly a 10% upside from here. Um, it is also important to note that the high price target is 230 230- Dollars per share. Uh, and then the low price target is 200 bucks a share. So really, uh, analysts are quite bullish on L3Harris. Now, the big money is quite involved with 78% of L3Harris being owned by institutions. Top holders include um, the best of the best, the Vanguard Group, BlackRock Institutional Trust, and State Street Global Advisors. Um, so in short, L3Harris is a solid company that has seen setbacks due the COVID-19, but continues to show its resilience and why it is a strong long-term investment in the aerospace and defense sector And, you know, aerospace and defense is one of my favorite segments Um, on the commercial side. I think that a lot of airlines are going to be ordering a lot more aircrafts to transport people. And I think that the government is going to continue to build our military stronger, especially as the U.S. gets more and more competitive with China and Russia in military might, which I like to see. So L3 Harris overall, in my long term view, is bullish um, and I do like it for the long term. I think you can buy L3 Harris here. Now, closing out the show, we got to go through the watch list per usual. What to buy in this market that continues to sell off. So this is what I think. I personally think you want to be buying these very strong, fundamentally strong technology names that are selling off to the downside consistently while they're going down. You want to scale down on them. But at the same time, you want to be picking up the opportunities over here in the industrials, in the utilities, in the real estate, in the consumer defensive, because those names in the financials as well, because those names are going to get you through the inflation fears. So. Overall, what opportunities did we get today? And possibly what opportunities can you take advantage of in after hours and also in the morning? And I see Apple, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Alibaba, Disney, Netflix. Taiwan Semi and AMD and Qualcomm all down solid names all ones I think you can add to your portfolio especially right now I mean I take a look at Apple right now it's at 120 bucks a share if that drops below 120 tomorrow and you don't own Apple you better be buying Apple Microsoft currently at I mean $235 per share solid pickup there. And if we shift over, and let's take a look at the week. Let's take a look at the week and the downside of the week. Apple's down 2.41% on the week. Um, Taiwan Semi's down another 3.74% on the week. That's a solid pickup in my personal opinion. Taiwan Semiconductor um, is, on, is, you know, the king of semiconductors. Uh, they are literally servicing like everyone. Um, and I think you really have to pounce here. On Taiwan Semi. If you want to be seriously in the semiconductor space, it's one I think you should definitely be picking up. Um, AMD down 5.28% on the week. Buy it, buy it, buy it. 76 bucks per share. I'll be adding to my position. I can tell you that much. Disney down 2.84% on the week. This is a buying opportunity at 184. Disney is going to do excellent, especially over the next few years, even the next few months as Disney Plus continues to grow. And I think they will continue to grow. And I think people will be impressed um, on the next earnings that even as the country is opening, Disney Plus is growing, Um, and I do think we will see that now Square down 8.28%. It's all the way back down to 213 bucks a share. Buy it. Square's an excellent company. If that gets down to 200, heavily consider it. Um, also, PayPal down 2.22%. As I have noted multiple times in the past few weeks, personally, if I had to pick right now between Square or PayPal, I'd go with PayPal. Why? Um, really, they're both extremely strong companies in the fintech space. If you really wanted an excellent fintech portfolio, I'd own both. But at the end of the day, um, if I had to choose one, I'd be going with PayPal at the moment, at the moment, simply because I take a look at PayPal's evaluation, its upside potential here, and I see a lot more potential in PayPal um, currently. It's trading at a price to earnings of just 66 times compared to squares, which is astronomical. And not only that, but it's way off its highs of 304 bucks. So even a little bounce in this name could catch you, you know, a 20 point move easily. And that's why I like PayPal at the moment. Now, I'm um, also taking a look, MasterCard and Visa both down as travel uh, reopens, as travel picks up, people are going to be using plastic people. They are not going to be using cash. They're going to be using their credit cards to buy airline tickets. They're going to be using their credit cards to go out, get some nice dinner on vacation, to take a trip here or there, to pay for, you know, pay for this and that while on vacation. Um, And I definitely do think that MasterCard and Visa are going to benefit from the reopening of the country. So, you know, I don't agree with the selling there. Also, the banks, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Citi, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, All of those, Morgan Stanley, all of them selling off on the week, um, and I think they're presenting opportunities. I think Wells Fargo is an excellent one to pick up for the long term. It's an underdog name in the finance space. JP Morgan, the best of the best. If you want a bank that's going to hold value and it's going to continue to move higher over the long term, JP Morgan's the place to be. Goldman Sachs, one of the ultimate investment banks, is also a great one to take a look at. Now, Facebook is up on the week, up 4.06%, but I still do think Facebook is a buy. I see a lot of potential, especially in the next few months with Facebook. Amazon, you can't beat Amazon, one of the best companies around. This stock is a buy, anywhere under 3200 It's currently sitting at 3087 Buy it here. Amazon is a buy. I don't know how many times I have to say that, but Amazon is... Is a buy. Excellent company. And not only that, but the FANG stocks are all running into 200-day moving averages. Besides, um, I believe Google is the only one that hasn't ran in, recently ran into, or is running into. It's 200-day moving averages right now. And I like that. Um, A bounce off the 200-day moving averages. Those names finally coming into some moderate multiples after ginormous runs over the past six months. I think they're buying opportunities. Pick up some healthcare here. AbbVie down 5.41%. On the week, all the way back down to 103 bucks a share. If that drops below 100, it could be a solid pickup. AbbVie, remarkable company. Now, before I go, I have to thank our sponsor, Passive, and they have one question for you: Do you ever get tired of constantly keeping your portfolio well balanced, making calculations all the time? And having to plan multiple trades just to simply rebalance your portfolio. And let's not even talk about these complicated and confusing trading platforms that take forever to learn. Well, I do. And a company called Passive has made investing easier than ever. Passive has created autopilot for your portfolio. The Passive platform allows you to easily manage multiple portfolios, keep your portfolio well-balanced, track performance, and create one-click trades that instantly fix any issues amongst your portfolios. And that's just a few of the many awesome features offered by Passive. Go check out Passive's awesome platform and join their investing community completely free or gain access to their awesome management features for just 99 bucks per year. Go give it a try at Passive.com forward slash Luke. Once again, that's Passive.com forward slash Luke to give Passive a try and make your portfolio management a million times easier and less time consuming. Thank you to Passive for sponsoring the show. And that is the show. We will be back on Friday with even more market news, with even more market volatility. And of course, in the meantime, do your research, trade on, go to runningwithemoney.com. read up on some of the best companies in the game, and I will see you then.